Welcome back to Cosmic Brilliance, folks, for part six, titled Earth Life as Ascension Trials, Creator Training, and Planetary Souls. Most of you are familiar with my lovely guest, Super Soldier Apollomy Mendelian. And as a quick reminder for you newbies, Apollomy is a dragon-elf hybrid. And she came here at the very beginning to ancient Atlantis civilization for karmic reasons. She's originally from Source Crater's first universe called Hanova. And she was called upon also to work for the Starseed Council because she is very fair and able to see multiple sides of a situation, you know, clearly and evenly. Her abilities are considerable highly advanced and do 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 dangerous, which is one reason that section 13 puts her in a smart suit to keep those abilities in check. So I wish to honor the inquiries of our subscribers. So before we start the main themes of the show, I will have Apollomy answer five of the most popular questions you have sent in to me. Welcome, Apollomy, and thank you for being here. So, so generous with all you go through to offer your time and wisdom to help us here on Earth evolve our consciousness faster. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So let's start. Now, people are really confused about your suit. So people have seen you in your beautiful, bright, smart suit you're wearing that you have on the show. And then they also say... Oh, in her earlier channel, she's wearing a t-shirt. So they are unclear about the intricacies, designs of your smart suits, like what you wear and what happens when you go outside to lie in the sun or buy groceries. So let's get that out of the way because I've had numerous, numerous requests about that. Okay? Okay. So first of all, what you guys are seeing is my hosting outfit for our show, Galaxy of Unity Projects. That is not the suit that I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, just to make that perfectly clear, I can wear any clothes that I want to. The suit that I'm talking about is a holographic dimensional suit. So depending on what body I'm in, because we did do an episode where I went over body hopping or basically your soul gets transfer transferred into another body physical vessel the suit basically keeps me looking the same ish all right so that i can walk around i'm not looking like in a full-blown et people aren't trying to you know pitchforks and torches and everything else like that so <laughs> The, the suit is basically a wetsuit that is full body from head to toe and tail, uh, if I have my tail. It is very thin. I also have augments that if I have wings, my tail, or my ears, or whatever extremities for the bodies that they put me in, that it raises the vibrations of those basically body parts so that the human eye cannot see them. And the same with the smart suit. The smart suit is a dimensional technology that's very advanced, which I hope that we don't have to see that in the worst light with Project Bluebeam coming up, but it's the same technology. So it basically projects a image 
of of how do I how do I put this? It basically projects an image that is constant for the most part. I can break my suit occasionally, and like my hair will start to change color. Uh, it allows for my my eyes to start slivering. My skin tone can change immediately to the human eye. I have had people feel my wings and my tail and slightly be able to see them kind of like this weird uh like shimmer effect basically for the invisible technology I guess people would say it you can make shields and everything with a certain material and it has that like um outline effect so it's not like I'm like oh there's a suit that I'm in you know it's no I've I've spent years not researching but like observing I've spent years observing the technology that they've been putting on me and I've had this ever since I was a kid mostly but you know they they're the ones who put me down here so I've had it even beforehand but they've definitely upgraded my suit when I was about five and a half years old I remember them putting the wetsuit on me I remember putting the uh, the contact lenses that are like binoculars in my eyes and the augments in my ear. The suit is also attuned to the augments in my brain, both on my pituitary and thymus gland and the one a couple inches from my ear. So they can... One's for communication, right? The ear? Uh, yeah, communication, the project. Uh, it, it just alters your... It tries to alter your your perception of reality, but it does send off frequencies because it so I can usually tell when it's my augment and you know not something else. When she describes this very kind of black thin uh, wetsuit, the other super soldiers I've talked to, it's not really a wetsuit, but it looks it's kind of like super thin material. Usually, is full of nanites and intelligence that, so that it can handle different things. Is that true with yours? The nanite part, not entirely so much. Um, the the suit itself is, I wouldn't consider it nanites, but it is very advanced for absorbing energy. It also dampens my abilities. So I could wake up one day and my abilities are just pretty much gone. But that also has to do with some of the augments in my in my brain too, because. The government doesn't like us having our abilities, especially out in public. But when the Schumann residence gets really high, uh, I've noticed that it's my suit actually starts to malfunction <laughs> a lot easier. So, Which folks we're not going to get into, but it is off the wall uh, high and pole shifting. We're going to have to save that for another show. So when I get on base, this suit, I get to take off and I get to be in my real form. The battle suits, uh, it can have the the changing technology, but for the most part, no. You're talking about the ones that help seal up wounds and mm -hmm. uh, help enhance abilities th through synapses and stuff. This isn't the same suit. Okay, so what you have on now is a piece of clothing you liked and picked? No. Okay, no. <laughs> so okay, because you say this is just what I wear. So no, oh, this this is just a suit that I that I got offline. It is supposed to be for our web series that we're that we're going to be um, 
creating of my personal disclosure in basically a video format. So this, the holographic suit, this is not my holographic suit, guys. Okay, okay this is just so a, that clears that. This is just a piece of clothing. The suit that I'm talking about, so like when I go on base and they are going to put me back in civilian life, they put me in a, it's, it's thin like this, okay, very thin, and it's very forming. That suit is my holographic suit. So if the matrix drops, the suit becomes useless. If I go past the moon, the suit becomes useless because it's only programmed for Earth. Right. And, and folks, the matrix covers earth and at least half of moon. So that's why it doesn't work when she goes past moon. Right. So I literally have to go past the orbit of the moon in order to, for my matrix stuff to drop. That suit is the holographic suit that makes it to where, what you guys are seeing now. So depending on what body I'm in, I could be in several different, you know, forms depending on the day, but it will show you this every single time. Now, I've had evidence where my rib cage is smaller than it's normal for measurements. I started measuring my body, like my legs, my calves, my back, taking my weight every night, you know, my the measurements of my facial structure, everything. And for people who are around me constantly for at least a year, they'll actually start seeing the changes. I'm it sometimes my my physical form does not match up to where I just went to bed the next night so because the suit is only so good you know and plus there's a whole nother part of that where you're put into different bodies but we won't we won't go there for this show okay so so it, it dampens my my abilities uh, it also dampens how much prana, mana, energy that I can consume for around me. Uh, so basically, it allows me to starve. It keeps her weak because they're scared of her, folks. Right. Okay. And it basically creates a holographic image of basically what you're seeing. So if the suit was to, if the veil was to, not the veil, sorry. If the matrix was to fall for specifically the suit for what humans see, then they would be seeing the body that it was currently residing in, which is non-human. So, you know. Okay, because that was one of my questions. Uh, my my fourth question is, if the matrix suddenly collapsed, what would people be seeing? Well, they, they would probably be seeing like the, the face helm plate uh, with the rest of the helmet and then the, the thin suit with, you know, it, it looks like a diver suit. But they would, uh, okay, with you, but to also in the world, they would be seeing, in, you know, ships overhead oh. and, and, <laughs> and different people actually being ETs and all that stuff, right? The people that you think that you know, that are, you meet on a daily basis, aren't all as they appear. There's a lot of ETs down here who also use the same technology of my suit. If, if ETs come down here and they just want to hang out for the holidays or, you know, they're down here to just keep an eye on things for, for other factions, they use the same graphic technology, holographic technology. That makes sense. Okay. So, um, I know that these are like primitive questions for you, but I'm just 
asking. So if I was going to, which I'm not allowed to do, go knock on your door and walk in. Okay. I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not going to. But what? Yeah, exactly. People don't try that. Do not practice that at home. <laughs> um, I would see you in your dragon elf form because you're not in a holographic display suit, correct? No, my suit only comes off either when I'm on base getting ready for missions or when I'm out in outer space doing emissary work. Or, or when you're sleeping. It has nope, to I still wear it when I'm sleeping. Oh my God. I wear it when I'm sleeping. I wear it when I'm showering, everything. So strict, strict rules for no one to discover who you are 24-7. You have to wear that suit unless you're free for your natural body on base or off world. Pretty much. Wow. I get uh, clean when I'm on base. So... Uh, <laughs> With with that, your wings washed. Mm -hmm. With the uh, sound or or what? What do they use to do that? We just we just use normal water on base. We don't get anything super special. Uh, When I go do my emissary work, depending on usually the Shakral will will come pick me up or uh, other factions, and then I get to use their bathing facilities. There's a lot of them that don't use a whole lot of water, so. It's either Sonic or, and I don't really like the Sonic showers, but they, uh, the mist showers are really nice. The frequencies that they use in the mist showers aren't so bad, but the Sonic showers are just kind of annoying. Okay. Well, especially for you, cause you'd be so sensitive to that. Okay. So all the time when you go out, get groceries or whatever, you're always in your suit all the Pretty time much. on earth or you get quote punished. Uh, I mean, my suit's broken a couple times in public, so I I have had people see my eye color change to uh, <laughs> rare eye colors. My eyes have turned crimson red before three times. I've had that event happen. Uh, my skin gets really like pearlescent pale white sometimes. My hair color will be dark and then it'll start turning red. You know, just the suit breaks and my attribute my abilities start to come through during certain certain events now because of your wings and you used to have larger wings and there's a long story of that why they're smaller now but because of your wings and your long prehensile tail you've had experiences too haven't you where you've been out or or, and someone trips on it or Mm -hmm. feels the breeze why don't you tell people an example of that okay so they're not seeing it because they're just seeing the holographic display of you to simplify it but if they walk around you or hug you or do something like that then they can feel things right i've noticed that the higher the energy is for the human residents the the more my suit has issues and most people would just be like oh you're just experiencing your astral limbs there's a huge difference okay (laughs) very huge um going out grocery shopping like when i'm when i'm fully attuned to my body because soul transfer you have to kind of reconnect everything and they actually give me a, a proper clone of my my actual body that they constantly have locked away. You know, I have my wings, I have my tail, I have the ears on my head. So I have two sets of ears. I have these ears and these ears. These ones do not hear the same as these. They have a completely different sensory to them. 
for, for how I perceive things. And I can't wear hats. Uh, I, I can wear hoods. I don't like wearing headbands. They actually, ever since I was a kid, like it felt like I was circulation was being cut off right here. Same with my tail, tight pants. Can't, can't stand it. Anything super heavy or dense. I've shut my tail in the door a couple times. Uh, oh. <laughs> my tail does not like that because can like you sometimes tie your tail close to you or how yeah. uh, to be extra safe or anything. Yeah, I can wrap it around me, but it's really weird because it's like having one of those weird floaty things like when you're in the water around. That's what it feels like. And I'm just like, oh, so bizarre. But it's better than having... (laughs) I I have been in a grocery store and someone has tripped physically over my tail and they tripped in the middle of the, the aisle. There was nothing else around them. And two people saw this and they were just sitting there staring at me like, what the hell? You know, I have literally walked by places, turned around, and my tail has knocked stuff off of the shelves. Uh-oh. And nothing yeah. else was around me. So it's prehensile. So you can wrap it around you. But at a certain point, if it's wrapped too tight, right? Like all parts of us usually want to be free. Yeah, my legs will fall asleep. Does it fall asleep? Yeah, like my area will like start falling oh asleep. And it connects all the way up to your buttocks and your spine, your tail mm-hmm. does? Yeah, oh it is God. literally, if you took your human's tailbone and extended it out to to where it's supposed to be uh, for, for dragons and reptilian kind, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so that's that's great details and now we have a a deeper understanding of how this works in your case and uh you are able to crash them when you can match the frequencies to break yourself free of them when you get upset enough that you're in them or if your powers really go on strong yeah and and they've and that's why they like to restrict you right yeah and they've had about four years of me completely rebel rebelling hardcore in order to master these suits They've gotten a lot better, but. Okay. All right. Well, there's your questions, gang, for right now. So let's get into, we talked about what people would see if the matrix collapsed, which covers, uh, you know, the illusionary, whatever we're seeing around the earth and the moon. So my first question is who put up the matrix for the Ascension game? Again, like we spoke about before, there's several technologies of the matrix put up by various ET factions that have each each item of the, the matrix has its own agenda. So when I say that the matrix will fall, that only might mean one part of the matrix. This planet has so much technology around it that doesn't usually exist on seed planets. The original matrix for the fifth era of man was put up by the council who governs the experiments down here not the starseed council we make sure that the other council actually obeys by uh, source creator's laws but the council who actually created the experiment for down here they get to decide what matrix gets put up and the original one was to make sure everyone forgets where they came from after, after when you were reincarnate to uh basically have everyone look the same and for abilities to be hampered 
quite a bit. They cannot stop the ascension. That is source creator's law. So there has to be a, a energy cap, if you want to put it that way. So if that matrix falls, you're going to have your, your powers back. Um, well, I can't say back. It will become easier to obtain them. Because yeah. even, even then, you still have to work at it. It's not something that's fully granted to you. And it depends on your genetics. You're not going to have the same abilities as other species. It's just not how it works. You can ascend to that, but it's a lot of work on changing your own DNA. Um, you're going to see everybody for what they really are. Like me, my major suit drops. I ripped all my stuff off. And after I get dressed, you know, because I don't wear anything wait. underneath your suit. I can't wait, personally. You know, so, you know, your best friend might be non-human and you don't even know it. They don't know it. Sometimes they don't know it either, you know? Yeah. And I'm not talking about the people who are in the programs, okay? The DNA from ET species happens naturally. And sometimes after long strands of breeding, two people will get together and have a, a child who is higher in genetics. Once the veil falls, that child's going to be able to see themselves for what they really are and along with everyone else, you know, but the veil would fall a lot sooner if people learned how to get along with each other and other species, but that ain't happening so far. Which, well, thank you for clarifying that because I thought the seed council was the one that put up one of the matrixes, but they did put up one matrix. The star seed council basically put up the matrix. The star seed council put up the, uh, one of the matrixes that actually, uh, dampens people's energy. The veil is the one that actually keeps this planet vibrating at a lower frequency. So it suffocates it. Just lovely. Right. Right. Because the more energy that you have, the more frequencies that are producing, the more things can evolve quickly. Right. Okay. We're going to get more into that. And that, thank you so much. That was so important. One of the most important things I want to do, have you delineate out today, um, is the, in a previous show, you briefly talked about the seven ascension tier levels of mm -hmm. consciousness. And Earth uh, has seven, I think you said densities are tier levels that are part of the game to go from one to seven. Okay, now this has never been clarified for anyone before that I know about what each tier is, give an example of each, and what our consciousness would be like at each tier level, because that's really important to do today. So um, how about, am I right so far about the seven tiers and yeah, or earth? Yeah. For the earth. And each planet has its own tiers or densities or. Yes. So each planet in the universe is basically measured and then categorized. And this has to do with the planet's frequencies itself or its consciousness. If it has one, not all planets do. And the consciousness of the beings that live there. So if the society is more utopian and has like the rules and everything, and they don't have a lot of strife, that's going to be a higher density planet. Okay. Of course, Hanova is a great example of a higher density universe. But anyway. Yes. Okay. So let's start then. And 
So talking about the seven tiers or densities of consciousness growth. Let me have you start at the first tier density, okay? And describe that first. Okay, so the first, I have to clarify that there is more densities in this universe than just seven. However, seven was the level cap that they were looking for for evolution in order for mankind to have dysphoria. And that means that, you know, everyone's working together. Everyone has, you know, a neutrality. You don't have to be love and light. You just have to be neutral in order to join the, the star uh, community, basically, for, for the universe. So first level of first density would be like, it's all consciousness. Okay, we're measuring consciousness. It would be like bacteria. Okay, so most people start off a little above that. <laughs> Second density would be like an amoeba. Mm -hmm. third density would be obviously well, wait, you're, you're going a little fast so second tier uh you're talking about it would be more like just basic survival primitive yeah so you go you go from the bacteria which is basically like the very first forms of survival you know they don't they don't even really know they have a basic understanding of their surrounding obviously because they need to feed they need to produce and everything else the consciousness above that would be like an amoeba where it's a little better, you know, or even like a plant. Okay. So like the plant would be like, oh, I know my surroundings. I can communicate with plants around me. I know when the weather's going to change, you know, they, they have fully consciousness of things walking around them or interacting with them. The third density would be human consciousness that is set down on this planet. And most humans are between three to 3.5. Okay. Right now. Right now. On like, the planet. That's right. still pretty low. That's not everybody. This is, this is your basic human consciousness. That's like caveman stuff, right? Right. So survival, uh, reproduction, understanding and calculating, you know, um, your environment, how to manipulate things, how to interact with others, that sort of thing. This doesn't necessarily mean that you're empathic. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, that you have, it's weird because once you hit third density, like the evolution of man's consciousness kind of did a flip. It kind of forgot the female aspect of things like empathy telepathy that sort of stuff because that's all golden spiral stuff and it focused more on the male aspect which would be the silver spiral for you know survival um like mass amounts of breeding without you know the emotional attachment that sort of thing you know doing what you need to do to survive to eat so it's it's more on the the silver spiral and that imbalance is what causes the huge you know, problem of the, of rifting basically between consciousnesses. So once you start ascending through your consciousnesses, you start to kind of do the Kundalini where both snakes start to intersect with each other. And that's exactly what you need. You need that balance. When I say neutral, you have a understanding of your emotions versus the logic that is happening. That doesn't mean you're emotionless if you're pure, if you're logic. A lot of ETs, you know, they still have emotion. They're just really refined. You know, yeah. the the Octurians, for a good example, are perfect for 
for the logic and they're more logical for the most part than emotional, but that doesn't mean they're emotionless. Yeah. And then you have humans that are pretty much all emotion <laughs> versus logic. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I know there's one species that when we smile, they look at that as the aggression that we want to mm -hmm. eat them. <laughs> yeah. So like, no, no, wrong communication. Okay, so third tier is, so what you're saying, it's kind of like more social and bonding. Yeah, if you think you're like, I hate to say this and people are going to get offended anyway, cavemans, okay? They have a social structure. They have that community structure. They have, you know, but they're they're more on getting their needs met and surviving versus knowing that the universe can provide for them. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, they, they say that. But there's a difference when you actually know how the flow of reality works. And so you're, you have said, I think, that this third density, right, which is where humans kind of came in for this gain, uh, the planet itself is still third density. It's not fourth, but her consciousness is higher. So, so the physics and consciousness are different of a planet, right? Yes, sort of. <laughs> There's a but. Okay. So the consciousness of this planet has evolved into fifth dimension. But this has not changed the actual physics of the reality that is here. For people who ascend even to seventh tier, they're still existing in a three to 3.5 physics density. You don't, if you existed at seventh tier physical density, you would just poof out of existence for the humans because they can't see that high. They can't perceive that high. Usually. I mean, if you're, if you have abilities of seeing spirits and ghosts and the astral and stuff, you're looking between fifth to, to up. But okay. you yourself are still existing in the 3.5 density. Okay, because we still want to do this, uh, all the densities. So you, so what you're saying st stresses or emphasizes the importance of how important it is to not only balance, quote, the male-female aspects in, in stereotypes, but the body with higher consciousness. Yes. How integrated how balanced we are is the whole ultimate game. Okay, now go into fourth tier. What is okay. what is fourth tier? Or so you have your three, which is basically caveman. Three point five would be what most people are today. You know, you're you're a lot more comfortable with your situation and stuff. You might be a lot more empathic because you're not just focusing on survival. You're not focusing on where your food's going to come from and all this other stuff. You know, you, you don't need to go out and hunt specifically for your food. For so three year you're talking about. No, 3.5. 3.5. 3 okay. 3.5 is your average everyday person in here and now. So you okay. go from caveman to nowadays. Okay. Right. And, and again, this is your average person with really kind of not really a whole lot of abilities they might have a bit of empathy, you know, like you can tell when someone feels sad, you know, or you can feel when something happened in a room where there was a lot of strife and no one's there anymore. Basic abilities. Fourth tier is when you really start to center yourself and when your abilities start to just kind of kick up more. 
you're going to be able to feel what people are feeling. You know, it's not going to be overwhelming exactly, but you're going to start getting that ability. You're going to be able to know when people are lying to you. You're like, ah, is that really the truth? You know, like you're more perceptive a little bit for fourth. You know, you're just starting. You're you're like, okay, there's the physical and then there's beyond the physical. Okay, hold that thought. Um, so the third and 3.5, is this where uh, humanoids and animals participate? And is it more about seeing the interrelatedness where, where is the fourth density, like you're describing, is more empathic and feeling the interrelatedness of things? Yes. But like plants are pretty much all of like what we would call the the golden spiral or the female spiral they are their entire networking depends upon not only the physical but also the uh, emotional as well because if you it is scientific fact if you go to a plant and be like i'm going to cut you and you have that intention that plant will synapses will react Absolutely. Yeah. So, and this goes with sacred geometry too, because once you hit that third stage, it is balance. Okay. So once you start hitting the sixth dimensional stage, there's a balance there. And in the ninth dimensional stage, there's a balance there, but it continues to go up and up for abilities and awareness. Okay, great. So the fourth tier then is like feeling the interconnectedness and what actually happens with your abilities at that level? It really depends on the person, right? Fourth tier, you're just starting to get yourself out of the herd, as most people call it. You're starting to be more like, hmm, maybe this logically isn't exactly what people have been telling me. You know, you diverge into your own like perspective because you're going from a whole bunch of people and you're kind of going off to the side here and being like, I need to be alone right now. You know, things are not exactly starting to add up as for abilities. Uh, you're going to be more perceptive possibly, you know, you're going to possibly start being more have empathy. You're, you're going to be more empathic. So you can start to, most people, which I'm surprised of, they don't know what another person is feeling. Ever they go on the bus, they can go to the mall, you know, like if a person isn't is very stoic faced, they don't know what they're feeling. A person at a higher tier with ability, that person could be stoic and walk up and be like, hey man, what's wrong? And they're gonna be like, How do you know? Because they can feel it. You know, it's another per your your third eye, your ESP is kicking in, your perception of you know, your third eye and your aura, your toroidal fields are merging constantly, but now you're actually starting to be able to react to it and, and sense it a lot more. Now, do you get more into, I don't know, what's, what's called our shadow work? Like to become, is that the stage you become more interested in self-inquiry and personal work? That's about like 4.5. You know, because okay. you're diverging yourself from the herd because you're like, oh, something's not right here. 4.5 is usually like to the point where, you know, you start inquiring more about yourself and going transitioning into the fifth. When you start hitting the fifth, you're going to find yourself like 
you don't know yourself anymore. You, you realize that you've, you spent this entire time not knowing who or what you really are. And so a lot of these people will start, you know, stop talking to friends, stop talking to family members. If they're married or in a relationship, they become very isolated and secluded because they're trying to just get to know themselves to understand their reality better. They've been lied to their entire lives. And so that, they're taking, is that where depression or suicidal tendencies can come in also? It can, if you allow it to lead in that direction, it is a very hard time, which is why the Academy was so important because to be physical, because at this stage, it is so important to have guidance, to know, you know, to have counselors and to get yourself out of a rut. If you go into that, you know, to be able to be like, it's going to be okay. You just need to take the time to get to know yourself and this requires a lot of energy. All right. Like if people have jobs, they have kids, they have families, responsibilities. You don't want to deal with this when you're going through this stage. And it makes it incredibly hard. And most people stop at this stage and go right back to 3.5 or even third. They don't have the time. They don't have the, the know-how they don't have, you know, the path to take in order to go through it all the way. And I have had to reset myself several times to go through these ascension stages and not once had I done it the same way. Not once. I've been reset for the ascension thing ever since I was a kid. It was part of my, my contract down here. So give an example of that. What do you mean to to ascend? Well, I mean, no, no, no. Like, did you reset from seven to 3.5 or It, it depends. Like sometimes I'll hit like four or five. And I can't go any further for the stage of life I'm in right now. Maybe I was, you know, a teenager with my parents, you know, and everything was crappy and the environment is so important. If you don't have a good environment, you ain't getting into your higher tiers, you know, or if you do congratulations, because that is difficult health, health issues, uh, family issues, that sort of stuff, you know, your environment is incredibly important. And that's why most people will just, if they choose to pack up and leave, they'll drop everything. You know, I wanted to go to the Tibetan monk temple, you know, but they don't really take females. <laughs> so I was already to shave my head and everything. I'm like, oh, they'll eventually get there. <laughs> uh, I was going to drop so everything. Fifth, so the fifth tier then, thank you for that, love. Uh, so the is the fifth tier where you also, you're going through this really big consciousness shift. Mm-hmm. self-evaluation you you prefer only certain people around you you're not as negative and like quote the concept of bad karma or bad luck is less like do, do all those things happen around the so fifth so fifth tier you're some people not all uh are going to start they can feel very uncomfortable um around like swearing because like your your powers are starting to kick up okay your abilities are starting to awaken and it might be subconscious you you might actually start varying away from people who are just negative all the time you know they have bad stuff that happens into their life and they might be good people but you just find it really hard to be around them the energies alone are very dense they're very yucky 
uh, people who don't have um, clean auras, like they don't take the time to meditate. My aura right now is absolutely freaking atrocious. You know, I've been sick for two months and I've had a lot of stuff happen. So I apologize for my energy, <laughs> you know, but it's beautiful. But a lot of people just, you might find it very uncomfortable to be in public in general, except for like people who are like, you know, who take the time to take cleanse themselves energetically, you know, and swearing might actually start physically hurting to be around. When I got to seventh tier, I couldn't be around anyone who swears. And I used to swear like a sailor. Okay. I played Call of Duty too. I even made an admiral of the Navy blush while I was on his team. For the stuff that was coming out of my mouth. That's truth. I could not be around it. And that doesn't mean that everyone's going to be this way. But it literally felt like someone was taking an energetic knife. And just raking it through my entire aura and into my body. And the reason why it hurts is because it's not entirely the word itself. Because once you understand harmonics and you understand frequency, English is the most unharmonic language on the planet. <laughs> okay. It's the intention. You could say, I love you, or I love you, or I love you, you know, mm -hmm. all three of those. One was like, I actually love you. The other one was like, Hey baby. And the other one was like, I'm going to kill you, you know? So <laughs> They all have different energy to them. Yeah. And it's that intention, that anger, that frustration. And when, when people go through the ascension, you know, they're trying to figure out how to deal with all these different energy types that are clashing together. So um, six tier, would you be more likely to want to be in nature a lot and abilities come on and then seventh tier you become more non-attached or what's the difference between those two, would you say? So going between fifth and sixth, as I said before, like uh, negative energy, you're not going to want to be around a whole lot. You know, either you learn how to deal with it. And I don't mean like, oh, deal with it. I mean, like energetic wise, energy wise, you learn to shield yourself from it or you just can't be around it. There is really no either or at that point. So the, the learning to deal with it and learning to shield yourself would be more the neutrality. You know, you understand why people are acting the way that they are and that, you know, they're on their own journey and they're just not there yet. So you learn to protect yourself. The pure love and light would be like not really learning how to deal with it and you just don't want to be around it. I know that sounds really kind of weird, but um. Mm -hmm. no it makes sense it makes sense during the fifth like 5.5 uh is really when your abilities start to pick up you might start even getting more abilities i've noticed through the transition of my students at this point you know uh they some of them will be able to start tasting things through their skin some of them will be able to like actually start seeing energy the astral, the other dimensions, uh, your cell phone, your technology is going to start to really affect you. It's either going to feel like it's draining you or that it's hurting you physically. Like you just, the, the, you'll be able to actually feel the energies more. The sun, when the solar flares hit, you might get affected a lot more. And some people might see ascension as like, 
you know, a problem because all these things are starting to affect you now, you know, you're being a lot more sensitive to things and it's just the way that evolution works. You know, you're going to be able to be more sensitive to stuff, but the more that you do it and the longer that you're in there, the more you learn to cope. So. Okay. Uh, seventh tier is these, what we call the beginning of the end, <laughs> or at least I call it the beginning of the end. And the reason for that is because it is the end of one journey and the beginning of the next one. Again, when you start doing the uh, Cadesius, basically, when you're, when you're at the top, you have that circle and, you know, you're going to diverge into a new sphere of existence and consciousness. So there's stuff beyond seventh tier. But you have to deal with all the stuff first down here. And seventh tier, like, you're definitely, by seventh tier, you should be neutral. You should be like, I understand why there's evil. And it's not just saying that. You're like, oh, I understand there has to be a balance. You understand the balance. You understand that nothing changes without chaos, without the, you know, if things are the same, it's like Canova. Okay. If things are the same over there all the time and you don't have any negative events, you're not changing anything. You're not understanding why it's so precious. You're not understanding that there has to be that chaos that happens in order to ebb and flow evolution itself in certain ways. And that neutrality is very important because even though there's a lot of ETs who are higher dimension, this doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to do only good actions because that's not the way that it works. And the love and light crowd is like, you know, oh, all ETs are so nice and good and all benevolent ETs can't do no wrong. That's not true. That just means you exist at a higher consciousness, but that doesn't mean that you still can't do negative things. And you can also fall in ascension too, if you don't keep up at it. I want to make that explicitly clear. <laughs> so it, it it's always an inner practice. And it, it mm -hmm. seems like it's a level of discernment without extreme judgment. The wisdom that comes from uh, a tier seventh consciousness, you know, you're able to discern and go, yeah, yes. yeah. But there's not, you're not trapped in the whole judgment thing. Right. You know? by, by seventh level, you will be you will have a pretty much a neutral aspect of things. You'll understand why things are, but also the logic versus emotion. And I had to go through this stage too. When I first, you know, started getting the records and recollection of the experiments down here, everything in full, because I was working with a lot of the ET councils at this point, trying to figure out for the Immortal Seven, what the heck actually happened down here that everything's so messed up. I started getting all this. I was still in that human phase of consciousness where I was very emotional. I didn't understand, you know, like you guys are just using us as experiments. This is freaking beep, 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 beep. You know, like I was pissed. I was very upset because not only because I'm experiencing it, but is for me morally wrong to be treated like a lab rat. But I didn't see it from their perspective. And I didn't start to see it until I started going through the ascension. 
And now I'm like, okay, well, this is very unfortunate that they have to experience this, but it is also not only just helping, you know, other people learn about not to do this again, (laughs) seriously, Um, but the implications that come with it, you know, it's like signing up for the military. You have, you have an idea of what could go on in there, but you really don't have any idea of the implications of everything that can happen to a human psyche, you know, or the physical body until it actually happens. The goal is seventh density, mm-hmm. stabilizing. Right. And you have to like understand, I imagine it helps to understand the physics that you teach in your academy uh, because that would help integrate that level of consciousness does that make sense to you at all this is also the stuff that i was studying when i was going through my ascension and i i studied for about 10 hours to 12 hours a day all right i had nothing better to do with my life i was at rock bottom i couldn't you know just a whole bunch of complications okay i had a lot of time and when i started going through i started with the sacred basic platonic solids that's where my journey started for for a lot of my studies and I had to projectile all of what I know for my abilities and everything else and ET knowledge to human knowledge that you guys are lacking a lot of information a lot of information a lot a lot and I try to piece this together as much as I can through my thesis statement that I'm still working on who knows maybe I'll win a Nobel Prize oh wouldn't that be lovely (laughs) (laughs) i i'm teaching about the silver spiral because humans do not know hardly anything about it they don't understand it they don't know the science so barely um but it helped me with my ascension a lot like it it really helped me and i was doing all this stuff that i teach in the academy everything in the academy that i teach I used to be able to do before I got back into the government projects because I had my time of peace um, where it was just the Shakrell who were keeping an eye on me and they let me, they're like, they're the cool parents. They're like, go do whatever you want. You know, mm-hmm. once I got back into the projects, they're like, we're, we're dumbing down your powers again. You're not allowed to have them. So, mm. but so the I think geometry is very important. And uh, folks, Apollo me in her classes has some top physicists who knew nothing about silver spirals or anything else. So she said, so it's not that you're going to find super advanced physics in the regular schools that have programs, but, um, you know, this is why your academy is so valuable for these kind of things. But the point you were making, right, is that by studying physics or by understanding more about that that increased your consciousness level to the seventh tier is that it tried to break my brain quite a bit (laughs) Ah. but it did help because i started to and and i recommend making a journal when you go through any any academy you know there's other academies that teach some of the stuff that that i've been teaching i'm sure i i've had all students being like oh yeah i already know this stuff and i'm like where the hell did you learn this you know so Mm-hmm. But if you keep your journal and you go through schools like this, because apparently there's more out there, um, you start to see the evolution of your consciousness along with it. And mm-hmm. that is like mind blowing to me 
So when I first started out, I was like fourth, fourth dimension. You know, I still had 3.5 tendencies of pure emotion where I'm like, I don't get this. You know, you guys are just being jerks. But when I started going through the transition of everything, you should, you can see the neutrality. You can see, you know, the evolution of my consciousness during certain stages, because I go back to those lessons and I redo them and I'm like, okay, well, this is my perspective now versus when I started. And there was a huge difference, you know, in, in everything. And I tell all my students, make sure you keep your journal because that change is slight. You're not going to notice the change in yourself. I had to have my students go back, my beta students go back and reread their journals. And they're like, oh my God, was I really like this? Seriously? I had a student who was every other word, a swear word, very pissed off at the world, very unfocused, very un, like, just not happy with their entire situation. And they're other kin. They're not human. All right. And they were still like, third density everything was survival everything was you know just rah 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 all the time gaslighting everything his behavior was terrible (laughs) by the time he was at least halfway through my academy you could tell you could tell the changes although it kind of helped that he lived with me too so like just being around other awakened people and people who are, are enlightened you know it again is the environment it changes people on its own yeah. it wasn't the very most studious student but having that environment he calmed down he became more compassionate he actually went into like uh working for nursing homes and taking care of them and he loved his job mm-hmm. this was a person when he showed up on my doorstep would rather just spit on them you know so evolution doesn't have to the studying is important because it's basic physics of the universe. Everyone needs to know it, but you don't have to have it. Mm-hmm. But I love what you said though about, and this is why we're doing this show where you're explaining the seven tiers. So people can use that as a self-reflective, you know, kind of base system of like, Oh, I'm slipping down up. Oh, I'm moving up, you know? So le- it's kind of like replacing reactivity with, patience and wisdom you know it's like right so um i have to make one point one point clear though yes your evolution is the the way that the starseed council base the ascension off of is without substances of any kind ah yes just to let you guys know i don't make the rules that is so important and i actually believe in that too yeah like I, I'm all for, I voted yes for the, the marijuana stuff because I know it can help people. I've seen it, you know, but they base the evolution of consciousness based off of what you can do without substances. And when I teach my students, I have that rule right in there. If you use substances and you learn energy manipulation, you have to stay on it. I've even talked to psychologists about this. If, if you're one of the people who, you know, has to use substances to relax or whatnot, and you're in college, you better stay on it because your brain only learns with that substance in your system. If you're clean, you ain't gonna, you know, you might remember stuff, but it's the chemistry of everything that goes into it. 
And I would love to have the psychologist that I talk to come on and actually explain stuff because I like the hard facts. <laughs> oh, that would be it. That would be a great show. And yes, I can feel in people's minds that they're going, well, what about if I just use, you know, ayahuasca or whatever the latest thing is to just open the door, but not get addicted to it or give my power away to it? it still doesn't work because you are using something to make your brain and frequencies vibrate already of what that substance is. You're not, you're not learning how to do it yourself. So, and, and that's the huge thing between like what we call drug mages, you know, who, who use those to jumpstart people, you know, drug mages are people who are, apothecary people or mm-hmm. alchemy people your your shamans or drug mages they qualify mm-hmm. like that because they know what substances to help that spiritual journey jumpstart. but what i train is you doing it yourself and yes medications affect stuff and adhd affects stuff. i have adhd students adhd students who are some of my top students oh yeah because they're multidimensional a lot yeah it, it has nothing to do with it it's they literally took the time to retrain their brain Mm-hmm. You know, everyone has their own stuff. I shouldn't technically be able to do anything. Mm-hmm. All right. I have stuff in my closet that you guys won't even believe. <laughs> and you guys would be like, how do you even function every day? Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be perfect. I am not perfect by any means. Okay. Being a hybrid, I have a lot of health issues. I I, I, I can barely function in society as it is because everyone's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you're a hybrid. And these are such important points. Thank you for you know, adding that in, my thing is I don't like to be dependent on anything. And so whether it's meds or whatever, it's, it's like, because I just feel that if we keep learning to pilot our own ship, mm-hmm. um, you know, we have to decide who is the pilot and where we're giving our, our power away to. That's my right. point, you know? Right. You know, and again, like certain medication, like there are people who have to be reliant on stuff the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. that's okay you know take your I, I it's more likely you know like the lsd and the the right. drugs and stuff like that you know so or addictions or where you get addicted to that stuff though right to to have you know so you're literally this is a really important point you're literally saying that you don't pass ascensions if you're using recreational drugs as a way of achieving that state of being you can still use the recreational drugs, but you need to you need to ascend on your own. I'm not saying that you have to throw all that away. You know, even ETs use that stuff, okay? But you have when you're training, when you're trying to achieve everything, you need to have a sober mind. You need to know where you're going. You need to know you know, what you're doing, you need to have absolute control. And it takes a lot of work. And I have a feeling that that's part of why this earth is not progressing because people just don't want to put in the work. It's too hard. It's not that they don't have manuals for it nowadays. It's just, it takes time, you know, and dedication. Well, these are the things that should be taught in school. Yes. (laughs) So that they do have time rather than the ridiculous stuff, a lot of the ridiculous stuff that is taught in school. Yeah, eight, eight years of history that's repeated Ugh. for six years in a it's row. It's mostly lies, exactly. So, okay, so um, 
So where does Christ consciousness start, just as a term, start activating? If Is that in the seventh tier? Is that a seventh level tier where your body actually can start to become Christ consciousness? So you're going to have to define Christ consciousness. <laughs> um, that's true. That's true. The awareness of who you are in the overall big picture i think of it but um it's a term you you used when we were talking earlier when we were talking about seventh level stabilization you said that when people stabilize there their body can learn to maintain a certain level of higher consciousness or christ oh okay 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 sorry i'm a little slow this morning that's okay <laughs> that's all okay. right so for that definition, because I've heard two definitions of what Christ's consciousness is, and that's why I wanted to clarify. The between 6.5 to 7th tier is when you start to really, you know, understand your, not your astral body, but your, your higher consciousness, your higher self. You know, during 5th, you should be starting to get aware of your astral body or even fourth, it, it depends. So again, it depends on the person. Not everyone's going to have the same abilities. But by seventh tier, you're, you're just about the brink to cross over into the new reality. And you're going to find your higher self there. You're going to realize that you are big, a bigger picture of something else. And, and as the new reality could be defined as free of the matrix because i remember you said mm. at seventh stabilization in our in our pre-talk at seventh stabilization you said one is absolutely free from one seed parent that's if you actually pass your ascension and your mark is complete and then you can get off planet when they come do the seed pickup okay so a seed parent is what so this would be considered your star family okay. Uh, for most terminology terms for the UFO community or, you know, the star seed community, it'd be your star parent, whoever created you, whoever has the most stock in you, everything, uh, when they place you down here, uh, you basically become an adult. Until then, you are basically your parents own you, right? Like they get to make all your decisions for you. No difference. It's no difference. And so that's like a seed parent or the seed council from where you come from. Make that decision like, woohoo, you graduated. Right. Okay. So um, now you mentioned also in a pre-talk, if I get, if I remember all this right, that the purpose of Earth Seas experiment and universe is for ascension trials. Correct. So describe a little bit more what you mean by that. As you know, in Hanova, nothing changes. Everything, we all have very set rules over there that we have to abide by. So the seed universes and seed planets are for experimentation of all various kinds of things it could be something easy this is the 
I've seen worse seed planets for certain things like slavery and that sort of stuff oh. and not getting along. This is the worst for basically getting stuff shoved up your bunghole. Okay. Like <laughs> I have not seen a seed planet so disconjunctioned from its original format for the experimentation ever. Um, Plus we've had tons of resets. They've had to reset it yeah but the resets uh, every single time they reset is a new experiment oh it's not like trying to improve for the same experiment no oh my god that's a key point here okay so it's like okay that experiment failed now we have to do a new experiment but it can right. be related right the experiment can be yes. related but yes. you subtract some things and add some things like a recipe right like the last experiment the fourth era of man uh, we had so many different hybrids from everything. You had the Nephilim, you had all sorts of like from the mythological eras and stuff. There was so much going on. And because the, the children were so powerful during the strife of war from the, the uh, ET conflict, because we had a lot of war and factions with each other, the dark Dracos came down here, started a whole bunch of crap, right. you know, those those were all very powerful and they actually had an uprising from the seeds you know you guys are seeds you're considered seeds and they were very strong because they were interbreeding with everything that's why humans can only breed with humans in this experiment only quote unquote yeah, uh right. yes yeah, some of the genetics of the fourth era of man still exist and those genetics can breed with quite a few things and get hybrids really quickly so but the fifth era is only supposed to like be very selective on on their breeding but it also led to everyone looking the same down here nobody looks different this is also why we don't uh communicate with the the gods or the deities and why all of our powers are stripped because of the what happened last time there was a huge huge like war of the seeds to the parents last time and so they decided to strip everybody oh the kids rebelling with the parents not that the parents are all that much more mature uh, right <laughs> if i do say so myself right okay seriously cool. <laughs> thanks for that is such an important point now uh, one of the questions I feel out there in the ethers is people who have been trained in meditation. Is meditation imperative for ascension? Absolutely. It is absolutely important. It is one of the only key factors that you can actually by yourself start getting in touch with your physical body, uh, your body's organs, like all of their... Um, processes and stuff controlling the energy in your body itself to heal yourself to learn how to manipulate energy around you your tyrodial flow the flow of the golden and silver spiral you know and and connect to your astral body and your higher self wow okay that's a clear you, answer you can achieve some of that stuff with with uh you know drugs and everything but again you're reliant on something that you need to possibly happen like this so this is your strongest asset so same with your heart the brain you have two brains for those that are 
listening to the podcast she's pointing to her brain <laughs> oh yeah i forgot about the podcast i'm so sorry I, for those watching she's she's pointing to her hair because it's looking awesome today <laughs> i look like i stuck my finger in a light socket oh, i love it i look I like that it. one dude who's like aliens all the time with his hair poofy it looks um, great. but your mind is literally your golden and silver spiral it is your 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 internal outlet to your astral body and your higher self wow you need to be able to have full control over it and being a super soldier it's not easy when you have augments but you know what we still try anyway i mean we as in all of us not not myself and third person right well thank you thank you for clarifying all those ascent the seven tiers uh, what we can use as a sign signposts along the way and the importance and how we get there and what not to do. So now let's get into uh, a little bit more. So my first question is who founded this universe? <laughs> Are they technically a, a creator, a person, uh, people who showed up in a space, like, like who founded this universe that we're in? Because this is called an experimental universe, right? Correct. Okay. This, this okay, has... What are you allowed to tell us about that? Because I'm sure a lot of it's, you can't, but uh, mm. if you can kind of move around the edges a little to tell yeah, us. Yeah, I, I definitely got to skirt around stuff here. Um, just like seed planets, when seed universes are created, they have a council. There's usually at least seven. Eh, the magic number. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can think secret geometry for that and the rest of the council is abiding by it. So, and the council is there for several reasons. They have to, like any experiment or scientist, they have to figure out what they want to do with it. They want to figure out their, their bylaws of how this universe is going to be run. And the experiments that need to be happening in them. Same thing with the seed planet, you know, or any experiment if you're a scientist. And then they got to figure out what they want inside as in like humanity. When I say humanity, I mean reptilians, amphibians, you know, uh, octarians, humanoids, that sort of stuff. To me, that is all of humanity. Birds. Okay. <laughs> Emperor okay. birds. So, um, so it was a creator, like a source creator, and then it was a council under that of different species. No, then- like the, the, the people who wish to create a seed universe basically have to come up with a plan and then go to the greater uh, councils of creators and be like, we want to try this out or okay. it's vice versa. Sometimes they'll go over to the, uh, some creators and, you know, sub creators we talked about sub creators in Hanova and they're yeah. like, we want you to here, have an orb, have fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we're going to get into creator training too, but I never asked that question about who founded this universe. Cause we know there's multi universes, different creators. Okay. So, um, and you can't, all right. So we'll continue on. So, um, I imagine the answer to this is infinite, but I don't know how many universes are there. I can't count that high. <laughs> okay. So more or less infinite. 
And we also had already asked how many experimental universes are there. And there's quite a few because, and we'll get into that, what gods need, what gods in training need to play around with. We'll put it that way, creators in training. Okay, so, um, but before we get there, who creates the consciousness of souls or even new souls? That's kind of difficult because it goes into two aspects of which humans are having strife with. You can create consciousness. This would be called the AI consciousness in human retrospect, where you actually create something that literally would have consciousness. Like the orb that was given to any creator to make a artificial, you know, experimental universe is kind of like AI. It's organic AI, but AI nonetheless, or consciousness, because it was created. A natural born consciousness can also be created. And that would be a lot more organic, I guess you could say. But it happens on its own. There's no real intent of any other environmental consequence. Okay, now that's fascinating. Again, this goes into like how actual demons are created you know, uh, or consciousness is created uh, by the environment versus or created by uh, someone's higher self versus creating a computer. Okay. So you have both options. You have the organic option and then you have the virtual reality experimentation uh, organic AI option. Right. So like your higher self is not AI. It, it is an organic sentient form that decided to splice off from prime source. You know, you were like a thought and that thought became something awesome. You know, versus I have intentions of creating a computer to do a very specific thing. It only has consciousness to do this specific thing. Got it. Okay. So are new souls created all the time as other beings go on to different universes or games? Yeah. I mean, consciousness is being created all the time. It is. Yes. Okay. Well, so I mean, if you, if you look at, you know, no one really has like super say of like a consciousness being created somewhere out in space, you know, like even the creators, the creators do not know everything. Okay. Don't, I don't care who you are, even prime source. I'm calling you out. <laughs> they don't know everything. You know, they, they don't know all of the circumstances of everything that's going to happen every given moment. They know what's happening in themselves because, you know, just like, if I meditate enough, like I can tell what the cells in my body are doing. Mm -hmm. That is conscious awareness. But do I know exactly what those cells are going to do if like a virus comes in that I don't know about and attacks me? I don't know what it's going to do. Well, that's how creators grow, right? Mm -hmm. So with the new souls created all the time and other souls 
needing more experiences, I imagine a major issue, and I don't know how to put this other than use these terms, is an issue with overpopulation in infinity. Is there an issue with overpopulation on certain experimental seed planets and things like that, right? Is that part of the reason for the ascension game? So the ascension process like helps with the evolution of consciousness so that you can reside in different densities. And overpopulation, eh, kind of, maybe, you know, like you can't create something out of nothing. It doesn't work that way. Okay. Like, and so much energy has to be expended or can be expended before you just have nothing more to give, you know, before it transforms into something else. So too much being on one dimension, it would take a lot. It was possible, but I wouldn't necessarily say super bad. So you wouldn't say that over, you know, like souls building up into the higher tiers is like, you wouldn't say that reaching the ascension mark is cru crucial so you can switch universes and make more room for new souls? Well, I mean, okay. <laughs> when you tell me something, my brain goes into 50 different directions. So you got to be more specific. I understand. If you're, if you're talking about like, again, you can't create anything out of nothing for energy wise perspective. So if you're having one universe that yeah. has a whole bunch of souls, right? Okay. Right. And they're transferring to another universe that has a whole bunch of souls. You still want souls that are going to be transferring into this universe because right. the change of mass of matter, you know, right. It, it needs to, it needs to happen. But as a soul, you're experiencing things differently because the physics are different. Uh, creatures might be different. Things might be different, you know, on different universes. But my yeah. point is, if you reach your ascension mark, right? Another point is, if you reach your ascension mark at seventh, that opens the door where you're now free of the experimental ascension game to go to other places and, and that match your seventh density or higher frequency, correct? Yes, to an extent. If you are in a physical body, you know, and your soul is seventh level ascension, then you either have the chance of being reincarnated in seventh dimension or a seventh dimension planet or a seventh dimension universe. Uh huh. But so if, if you're it's still. The card, it's the uh, acceptance card you have. Mm -hmm. to enter all universes that match the level you're at or below them below that dimensional level or density level correct now you can be reincarnated in a third dimension uh plane but on a seventh dimension planet whoa and they do this with technology oh meaning the goal is to get to the seventh density again well, you already, even though you're on the third dimension, you're in getting reincarnated on the seventh dimension planet. Like there's a lot of paperwork that's involved because, you know, if you get off that planet, then you're still in the third density. But uh, 
it's it's basically for like experimentation interacting with with other entities and other beings that may not be seventh tier but you still have to follow seventh tier laws on that planet now as we're speaking about this until we we're talking about our individual shard playing these games mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we're not right we're just, we're not talking about all the other shards of ourselves of our, of our oversoul we're talking about just this one right correct okay because when this shard dies it still has an afterlife unless you choose to go back to your higher self right oversoul higher self astral body mm -hmm. physical human physical body okay right. so the oversoul is the one that's got the whole ball game going right and They're the ones the, with the spreadsheets all on their time. And makes the final decisions. It makes the final decision of itself. It does not necessarily make the decision of what body you are going to be born into because that is your actual uh, choice. It okay. doesn't have any responsibility of what afterlife you go to or what happens to you when you die, unless it decides to super call you back for some reason. That's your free will choice so to speak exactly as a shard yep okay fascinating okay folks so um let's get into requirements to be creator gods in training <laughs> <laughs> okay so earth essentially is used as an ascension game and going up going up the essential uh, uh, the ascension the seven essential levels Right, but that's pretty much all the universe. The whole universe has ascension levels that they have to hit. Okay, but some it can be seven, some it can be four, some it can be 12, some it can be whatever, right? Right, well, because this universe is an experimental universe, it has to kind of do the same thing that uh, this planet does. But its, it's tiers are a lot higher <laughs> to pass in order for it to actually be connected to what most people call like the tree of life, the bigger tree of life. Right, because as you evolve, evolve, evolve over the time concept, which is illusionary, trillions of years, you're going to be looking for challenges, more things to do, more to grow. So there's no end to that, really, in a certain way, right? In a certain way, it's it's infinite. Okay, so requirements to creator gods in training. Um, who created, well, I kind of asked you this before, who created this game? You said creator councils created which game earth ascension game so so ascension has to do with prime source oh okay if you are separated from prime source they needed to come up with a protocol that would allow for evolution of consciousness in certain dimensions to be able to fall and rise Okay, that's so the, really an important point. Right. So the ascension comes from prime source itself. Okay. The okay. experimentation is... What's the word I'm looking for? The experimentation of each seed planet and each seed universe is up to the creator councils of those experiments. That makes sense. That makes sense. You know, you keep finding as above, so below is inside, so outside that everything's microcosms of a bigger macrocosm kind of thing. Okay. So, and Yahweh himself, if I have this right, 
was a member of this creator council, correct? That is correct. So he, it, he was one of the upper gods, creator gods, correct? For correct. this game and also was a creator council member, right? So he, had, so he had a vote in, in the council, correct? Yes. Okay. And um, if, if I were to ask you, what is the one commonality among all creators? What would you say? What, what are they looking for? Oh, that's <laughs> not throwing a knife in anybody, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh... <laughs> um like what drives creators obviously to create right well i mean creation itself is kind of tricky the drive to be a creator it, it can be various everyone has their different reasons for achieving such a feat because it's not like someone just throws a book at you or a piece of paper i should say and been like congratulations you're now a creator you have to earn it there's a lot of laws that you need to abide by and a lot of training that you have to do. And guys, we're talking about like creators that prime source basically like allows them to have universes, allows them to govern, you know, a lot of very important things. I'm not talking about, oh, we're going to stick this, you know, uh, weird genetic thing in this egg and set it on a planet. Those guys are not even in the same category, okay? <laughs> Right. And we're going to get into all of that. So in a way, I mean, just, it seems like all creators kind of like when we, we get to a point in our life and we want to change, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're just like, we need to change. We need to grow. Would be just motivated by some level of change probably for themselves or something. Right. Well, for, for many, it is about, you know, the challenge for some of them, because like, can I, can I do this? Like, right. what can I do with this? You know, with the guidelines that have, that have been given to me, what can I do with this? Am I going to be better than everybody else? You know, or am I going to be worse? How is this experiment going to, you know, how's this experiment going to play out? Is the, again, creators don't have all the answers if they did why would they do this in the first place where you know some people like doing it if they have all, all the variables but a lot of it is surprise a lot of it is you know knowing the knowing that the unknown is still there how yeah. much of this is going to to diverge and this is why we go into resets too because some experiments have been reset and a lot of the, the creators are like, how is this going to be so much different than the ones from last time? Wow. It's like resetting your video game constantly and constantly because you're like, I'm just not quite happy with it, <laughs> but I want to see what happens. Can I get to that same yeah. spot? You know, I want to see what thing. happens if I do this. But um, our creators, here's an interesting question that just popped in. Our creators... I guess it totally depends. Um, impulsed to create only beneficial experiments. That depends on the creator. That are gonna, yeah, that are gonna create beneficial growth or not necessarily. That depends on the creator. There are creators out there who create a lot of the chaos uh, entities. 
like the major ones. But again, how is that going to affect, you know, the experiment as a whole? Are they going to be able to get along with each other? Are they going to be able to, are, are they going to be divided all the time? Is there going to be strife? Is there going to be peace? They don't have those answers. They have an idea. That's it. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. So the main jobs or purposes of creators, is that to create new realities or experiments and see what happens? Is that? Well, it, it's the same principle of why you would have several people on a team for, you know, making a project. Every person is going to have a different outlook on things. Every person is going to have different desires, different outcomes of what they want to happen. And this makes it nonlinear. And that's why you have so many people on one council because they want that nonlinear. If you're going to experiment outside of Hanova, you know, where it's, it's forbidden technically, except for by prime source himself or themselves, you know, you want a lot of different aspects and a lot of different goals set. And trust me, not all the creators get along with each other. There are some who are what would be considered neutral, some who are all love and light, and some who are, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Do they ever lower themselves to team up against other creators? <laughs> there have been scuffles before. You like gangs? You know, like, like in, in Hanova, even in Hanova, like people don't get along all the time. You don't, just because you're close to source itself, you guys have to understand that all the negative emotions are still part of source. They really are, you know, but it's how you deal with them that and your actions that make it absolute, like either good or bad or changing for the environment. My creator in Hanova did not like the Shakur. Well, she liked the Shakral creator. Um, and they had their own little personal feud that ended up dragging us into it, you know, and all the contracts were signed and we could only fight a certain way and on certain territories. You know, we, we weren't allowed to hurt any of the wildlife or any of the environment so much. So we had kind of more primitive weapons, but again, prime example. And it was, you know, so they have ego. Okay. Ego never goes away. It's how you refine it that makes you a higher dimensional being or not and these guys are okay, all the way that is fascinating because of course so much in the spiritual movement is get rid of your ego if you, you know? get rid of your ego you're getting rid of your true power okay. and i say this because your ego is directly tied to your oversoul it is what simplifies you and divides you from prime source itself Otherwise, you would just be like everybody else and, and, and sucked into your own thought process or into prime sources thought process. Your ego is part of your consciousness. Now, you can have the ego the size of a whale, you know, and be like, I'm the center of the universe and everyone needs to bow to me. And if you don't like it, you can shove off. That is toxic ego. Okay. What most people call toxic ego. Now, there is a time and a place for that attitude. In society, maybe not so much. It's just very disruptive. Uh, it's, not, it's not very good teamwork. It, it's very dis, you know, disorganized. 
when you're fighting something that wants to destroy you, you want a God complex like no other. Because at that point, just Aries taught you that. Yes. Ma- Master Aries freaking beat my butt for having ego because I had a lot of it when I was a kid. And he freaking ripped it out like a rug right under me over a tar pit. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. He's like, I'm going to beat that out of you. And he did. He beat it out of me pretty good. <laughs> Every single time. Like, okay, gotta, I got to tell you this. The last time I had ego, I ended up sparring someone and I threw a fit because I knew I should be better than this. I threw my baton on the ground. It literally hit the ground and with more kinetic force than I threw it with shot back up and hit me in the face. <laughs> he always <laughs> keeps his eye on me. <laughs> so... That's but, a great story. That's a great story. Joking, it freaking hurt. I had a bruise like right across <laughs> here. My friend just laughed at me too, and he's like, "You should." No, that was that show. wasn't uh, Archangel Michael getting back at you for cutting his hair off, was it? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> so okay, um, <laughs> but having that ego, just thinking that you know, oh, I'm stronger than this entity, isn't going to work. You know, you have to be absolutely devout to yourself that you have the ability to make this thing get out of your reality bubble. And a lot of people are like, oh, dump ego, dump ego. You're making yourself vulnerable, absolutely vulnerable to attacks. Right. Because again, it's the whole sheep factor. So is there's a time and a place for, for even every chaos emotion. Anger. There's always a time and a place for anger because anger can bring you strength, but it can also be a very huge ball and chain, you know, that just absolutely destroys everything. It's like a wrecking ball. Right. So again, it's, it's how balance. Yes. Absolute balance. Knowing when to use it and knowing why you are using it and why it is affecting you the way that it is. Why do you even have this emotion in the first place? Mm -hmm. You have to refine yourself. And a lot of these creators are trying to refine themselves, you know, to be higher creators. Because when you get to prime source itself, you know, it's not perfect. Okay, I hate to bust your bubble. But it has more control over itself logically and emotionally than anyone else here (laughs) that's great that is so important everything you're sharing is just so important to understand now so to kind of sum up the creator thing you're saying creators are schooled in the ways of i imagine reality and existence how that works and are they there to maintain that the fabric of existence, like mm-hmm. say in this beta universe. They are supposed to maintain the the fabric and coding mm-hmm. of, well, you could say coding, I guess, uh, for people who understand AI stuff, uh, coding of existence. Because sometimes your experiments mess up a little too much. They get a little too ahead of themselves and can break things, um, which usually are annihilated. So there's a lot of strict codes for that. doesn't matter if you like it or not. Um, well, it doesn't matter if the creator likes it or not. If things get a little too out of balance, it's a... Uh, so 
that's part of the creator training book. Uh, mm-hmm. So a creator is responsible for everything they create. Exactly. Literally. And, and literally they are, they sign a contract and they are held to that. If they break that and, you know, prime source sends out the, the um, Arbor council and they find out that you've messed up. Uh, it's not good people it's not good for any of us because their mistakes rely on or come down on us too the fallout is literally a fallout yeah literally like yeah so the requirements to be a creator god are of course maturity you know ascension balance all kinds of different things um you can add to that and how does that compare to deities or royals so deities and royals are nothing more than titles that people give them. A creator, you do not have followers. You have your own power and knowledge that got you that far. For deities, most people have a following. For royals, you have a following. So that's a huge difference. Deities and royals don't even have to have the, the same training Uh, the same contract signed just like deities of the afterlife there are deities after the afterlife that have the soul wells from prime source to help govern all the souls across the multiverse and then you have deities who are just like i'm a deity oh you give me your soul that's cool i'm just gonna put it in a locket and throw it in my vault (laughs) you know yeah i'll dig you up in a couple thousand years warning warning Oh, wow. Okay. So, so obviously the requirements of a creator are incredible training, education, moving up the ladder, decisions, capacity, ability to maintain a creation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Certain level of maturity. Okay. So in the show, in our last show, you made clear uh, that the one known as Jesus or Yeshua was not coronated when Yahweh uh, died in front of you, who was the creator, died in front of you in this universe. Right. And um, that Yeshua was not coronated nor given the artifacts he needs to be king or follow in Yahweh's steps. So, um, so what happens then? Like, uh, is it totally up to Yeshua? Can Yeshua say no? What if, uh, Yeshua, Jesus doesn't make it. There's no guarantee, right? Like what, what are the rules around that whole thing? Like if he always says, okay, you're, you're my next in command, so to speak. But Yeshua goes, doesn't Yeshua have to go through a lot of still training and different ascension trial things or anything to become that? So running a kingdom, even if it's on one of the other higher dimensions, and being a deity of an afterlife, which Yeshua was, he ended up having a soul well, ended up having... Uh, the ability to give souls their afterlife, having the book of life, reincarnating them, all the nine works. You don't inherit that. That is a creator, uh, not title, that is a creator um, job. There is, you have to literally, and he had two, like not only for the, the souls, but as a creator of this universe, those are two different 
contracts that Yahweh had to sign. So even if he was crowned king, he would only be crowned king of that dimension and of that of that dimension for that kingdom. That doesn't mean that he gets God powers like automatically. He has to earn them like the rest of them do. I almost said like the rest of us. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know what what's going to happen, to be honest. And he could deny it. He could be like, you know what? This absolutely is not my thing. It's I'm not ready. Yeah, it, it's huge. It's like your dad dying and then taking over the kingdom. I mean, time works differently, but can you imagine how much training it has to a person has to go through? I mean, Yasha was not that old to, in all retrospect. He didn't, as far as I know, he did not exist before he was born on this planet. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, like his consciousness Whoa, was one of the when same. When was he born on this planet? You mean, you're talking about during the time of Yeshua, mm -hmm. Bethlehem? That was his first life? He wasn't even born there? Or his first? No, it was his first, it was his first life being born down here that i that i know of for physical oh. form oh okay okay oh okay 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 <laughs> no like he he existed before that up in up in the dimensions yeah okay. but i mean like coming down here and having that first life and seeing everything that happened and then they wanted him to come down here and rule earth that's what i was trying to get at <laughs> okay. you know it's that's a lot to take in especially the time gap but I also don't think any creator should take over any place that it hasn't been here itself. So it knows from the inside <laughs> out what it's like to be human, which Yeshua does know. Yes. He's he, passionate about that. Exactly. Because what do being, you think about that? I absolutely freaking agree. And the ET councils need to hear that too. And not just from me, because they've been for the last five years, I've been shoving that down their throats. They're like, oh, you guys should be higher in Ascension by now. Why aren't you guys higher in Ascension? This is cakewalk. This is easy. I'm like, oh, really? Why don't you come down here and prove it? No, no, no. I'm, I'm good. You're, 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 yeah. you're fine. No, seriously. Come down here and prove it. You have the avatars, you know, that you can do. I know you can. So by all means, have at it. <laughs> it's a total, um, uh, oh, for me, me, total requirement. Absolutely. You walk in their shoes. You absolutely and not just for a day i told him i was like why don't you come down here for a year <laughs> yeah, right and not just to hawaii years <laughs> right and not and not be rich yeah exactly I was like why don't you come down here and everyone everyone else's shoes or even the people even the people who are less fortunate and see how well ascension does sorry because... guys that should be mandatory for creators absolutely period. end of subject that's my vote absolutely <laughs> you know so yeah and they're like no 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 we're, we're we're good i have been body hopped consciously into some of these et council members or at least their associates to come down here and live a life a, a day in my shoes and they're like i don't know how you do this every day i'm like this is just me lounging around this isn't me having to you know have a work day or go out and have conflict or get shot at you know so then do they go back and do they mind meld with all the rest of the members of the council so at least they can get a real, you know, feel, feel 
or what that's it, it depends it depends on the faction sometimes they just write a report and throw it in the incinerator i feel but well i'm gonna go up there and kick some butt well i told him i was like you guys aren't even in my body for you know super soldier stuff you guys don't go on missions with me you want you want the real deal <laughs> exactly oh okay that to me is just crazy it's like you wouldn't hire anyone to be a top of uh, an organization that hasn't lived through it themselves, you know? Exactly. Like, why are you hiring people that don't even have either the passion or the knowledge? It's like putting a manager right off the street and not having them even work there. Okay. I have one question before we go into planetary seed souls. And that is, is one's evolution of consciousness perceived by how much light we can carry in our astral and other bodies as well as our abilities or is there a universal scale frequency wise that determines that like how is that determined so for uh determining ascension um people have to understand that you can still be seventh tiered ascension and still be within the like chaotic or silver spiral. You don't have to just be gold. Just to let you know. There are uh, what most people would consider like negative entity beings that are actually very evolved consciously. And yes, you're going to produce a lot more light when the uh, when you get to higher tiers because you're, you're having higher condensity, you're also having a larger energy scale, and the frequencies of those tiers are going to be stronger and different in sacred geometry, excuse me, sacred geometry, and more getting close to like a sphere versus, you know, a different shape, a more rugged shape. So the light's going to be a lot more emitted. A lot more what? emitted emitted okay okay you're gonna produce more of it <laughs> okay yeah okay expand it out yeah 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 okay that's interesting all right so let's get into what's involved in and volunteering to be a planetary soul or planet soul seed soul how does a soul of a planet what steps does it go through to volunteer to be a seed planet? Well, it's kind of tricky because um, the planet that is a seed planet has to be evaluated and designated as a seed planet. Not all planets are seed planets. And when I mean seed planet, I mean experimental planets for having the council and doing all this other stuff. For councils who are registered to the Star Seed Council from uh source nova so uh and that planet might not actually have a soul like our planet originally did not have a soul because it got blown apart and then had to be recreated and because of that creation and when i mean recreated i mean like a huge team came in and actually started putting pieces together and everything it wasn't like a creator came over and been like i magically make the earth now you know so this was when the first earth which was huge was exploded yeah that planet had a soul and was that called is her soul called gaia i don't know what soul that was oh, actually, i wasn't here for right. that okay 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 
I just have memories yeah, <laughs> a little bit. I do too. Okay. Um, they ended up placing a consciousness in this planet. I'm After not allowed they to say... rebuild it, put it back together again. Yep, I'm not allowed to say the planet's conscious's name, but um oh, everyone, many everyone thinks it's gaia but i'm sure there's a different name than that uh, there's a different name but everyone calls it differently you know so mm -hmm. but our the earth soul is female i'll give it that mm -hmm. and you know that soul ended up choosing to come down here and being part of the experiment it had to be a female if it's volunteering for to be a seed planet and quite frankly and it you know and to put up <laughs> and have empathy with all the stuff that she would be going through well i mean there are seed planets that have male consciousness in them so i'm kind of teasing but i know, <laughs> you know. i'm just letting people know there are seed planets that have male consciousness and then Sometimes you'll get a soul that doesn't have a gender identity. They're neutral. Like they have both equally. Okay. So our souls are progressing. Our humanoid souls are our third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh density. Souls are progressing through mostly multi-species or humanoid experiences. Okay. Okay. All right. On multiple realms. At some point, does that soul... Though I think I wa want to be a planet now because that will be ultimately challenging. Uh, that would usually have to take a reincarnation process or you can uh, kind of like really contact someone to, to do that. It would be like having an avatar down here and then when the avatar dies, you go back to your original body. Or a soul container of some sort, like a lot of the Dracos and some other species use. So that they don't have a physical vessel necessarily. And then they could put that soul into something else. So do planetary or planets, whether they're seed or regular, do planets, do suns, do beings, they're all alive and beings, I understand, all have their own evolutionary soul path. Yes. Oh, like, again, this that's planet... That's what I think I'm trying to, to get to. Okay, so this planet started off as a three third density um, consciousness. And it has risen to five density. A lot of people on this planet aren't five density uh, consciousness evolution. You know. So but, does that make it... Does that make it painful for her? Painful for us, maybe, but painful for her because, like, you know, they're the beings who are living on her aren't receptive to her needs, you know, yeah. all the pollution and all the, you know, uh, inefficiency that human has, you know, all the extra, it's not even just the mining, but like, we're poisoning her and she's screaming, and, you know, only a certain amount of people like us can hear it. So, yeah so it, it is painful for her but it, it can also be painful for us too because she's rising in consciousness which is affecting the schumann residents that's why it's been spiking so high a lot of the times it's not even just the pole shifts or the solar flares it's it's the consciousness like having energy bursts basically um and it affects people uh there's a i gotta 
on my Facebook, I ended up throwing up a research paper of how the Earth's magnetic field and energy field affects living creatures through our own energy field. And you can have heart attacks, you can have strokes, you can have all sorts of uh, issues caused by this. It definitely affects the heart huge. Yes, in the brain. So, you know, it's it's a love relationship or a hate relationship, but usually when a planet rises in consciousness, the things on it aren't too far behind because again, environment, it is easier to rise in consciousness when your planet's consciousness is higher than yours versus the opposite. Oh boy. I can't even imagine that. Yeah. So that's, that's one impetus to try and at least get to fifth density in, in, tier, mm-hmm. right? For us. And that's why a lot of these people are starting to wake up because the consciousness evolution of earth, uh, you know, of this planet has only been the last 40 years. The last 40 years has it jumped from, from fourth to fifth, especially in the last 20. Wow. I can see why I waited to incarnate. <laughs> Could like this shard are part of my oversoul. Choose to be a sun that is leading an entire solar system. Yeah, I mean, it's no different than reincarnating and choosing to be an animal or an insect or... Well, it would be a lot tougher job. Eh, Not really. Being a planet or the sun? Not really. I mean, it's no different than your body right now. You have thousands of organisms living off of you. Yeah, but you're also... I know it's kind of weird, but... No, 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 no. I get it. But you're also responsible for a lot more than thousands aren't you i mean no the planet has has no responsibility to the things living off of it but it has an interrelationship it does but so do you you all your microorganisms and everything the only responsibility it has is to itself well why didn't it blow us up a long time ago because of its experience it's uh because it doesn't have the like the the talcum powder to get rid of lice It has its ability to defend itself. Earthquakes, floods, exactly. tornadoes, hurricanes. It's her being a little upset. Like, let's level the field here. Yeah. Plague, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's a fascinating. Um, I mean, if you are nice to guy to, to the, the Earth's planet, and if you ask, you can communicate with it, which everyone should be doing, you know? then it will provide for you. But if you're just going to be a virus to it, why would it help you? You know what I mean? Yeah. I am not the most responsible person when it comes to recycling, but I've asked for help before and it's like, oh, you can hear me. Yeah. You know? That's so beautiful. So beautiful. So you you did mention that creators chose for us not to have access to celestial parents in the reset. Our guidance... But the other factor was, or magic, okay? So, um, and this, and then also in the gift of us now, which is fifth era of man, we were given the gift, I believe, of a positive genetic coding and a specific alteration enhancement. Is that correct? So the fifth era of man, is, again, is a scientific revolution even for ETs. 
It allows oh, 22 species. Mm, yeah, a little bit more than that. It allows for more than one type of uh, genetic lineage of souls or soul frequencies to be able to be reincarnated in one body. And this was really difficult. So in order to be reincarnated in certain things, like your soul had to go through, because your soul collects a lot of data frequency when every single time you're reincarnated in something. And this is also why animals are important. Say you wanted to be reincarnated into one of the anthro dog races in space. If you were never a dog race before, you'd have to reincarnate into a dog because it's a lower conscious life form. The frequent you would, you get the frequencies from that. And then your soul would have to kind of like hybridize the frequencies to be uh, reincarnated into something else like that. So, and certain souls will only like to be reincarnated into certain frequencies. I don't like to be reincarnated into anything else, but either elves or dragons, to be honest. So I'd have to have something with the hybridization of both of them, or at least one of them to feel comfortable in it, you know? Otherwise my body's or my soul's like, get me the heck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So this gets into the magic, which I believe is true science. And right. you mentioned something in our pre-talk, which I'd never heard before that magic comes naturally because of connection to source. Correct. So talk about that for people and why magic was removed from us. Right. As for the, the magic part, yes, it is true. Not everyone's going to have the same abilities. The abilities are based upon uh, the physical form most of, most of the time. Unless you start merging with your astral body or higher self to get new abilities that that body already has. Um, the reason why magic was taken away from this planet if you get off this planet and you go elsewhere and pass the matrix and the veil you'll get some of your abilities back for if you have never trained with them before it will be painful so and very because a lot of your magic comes from your your brain and your heart um you ain't gonna know what to do with yourself to be honest <laughs> You know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, they woke up and had magic abilities. No, your senses are going to be going crazy trying to figure everything out. It's not just this magical, wonderful moment that you like suddenly spring into puberty and you're like, I have powers now. I get to levitate stuff. It will hurt your brain. You have to re completely rewire. Yes, you have to get used to it. You have to rewire. It's like, think about never being able to see, hear, or smell before and then having those senses and then everything's bombarding you at once. Oh my God. That's pretty much how it is. And that's why the awakening process is so slow for ascension. Because if you, everyone's like, let's drop the veil. Let's drop it right now. I, I just, I can't live here anymore. This comes from a lot of other kin and a lot of uh, people who are like me. If that happened, and I was one of those people too. If that happened and everything dropped right now, you better hope that you were training because the amount of pain that you would go through would be immense. And that's if you survived. 
if you had a lot of power uh, of magic abilities built up in you already. So easing into it, even though I hate to say it, is the best course of action. The reason why all of our abilities got stripped is because the experiment for this planet, they wanted to strip our abilities because of the revolt of last time. They were way too powerful. And the parents almost lost. They don't want me telling you about that. that Ever since sense. 2016 yeah. to 2018, they were like, you're not allowed to talk about this, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Well, I've got one more it, year it's left here. Logic. It's logic, you know? Right. Par parents would be doing all this stuff. Healthy parents, sorry, healthy parents do not compete with their youth. No, they don't. They, they guide they, them. They guide them and they want them to even be better than they are if they want to be. But the experiment was, can these guys reach ascension with being deaf, dumb, and blind? <laughs> the ultimate challenge. Exactly. Yeah, it's pretty the much. Ultimate, it's the ultimate challenge of limitation, of being unlimited, playing the game of limitation. Yeah. Now, there are people who have contracts of having their abilities still intact and coming down here. Like you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Only because mine was meant for evil. And I was like, no. And also <laughs> ancestral. That's why they're hunting the ancestral DNA of people. So, you know, because it, it means they can activate this more easily. Now, right. now, um, so magic. Now, not all, I would imagine that not all species have magic abilities in their DNA. Is that true? Yeah, not everyone. The base abilities that most people have, well, almost everything has, nature, plants, animals, insects, is empathy. All right? Empathy mm -hmm. is the base form of telepathy. This means that you can receive and project your tyroidal flow, which is your, your own electrical field that your body produces. You don't have to have any knowledge of that happening. It does it by itself. Um, wow. That you can receive and reflect that from each other and receive information, digest that information and correspond accordingly to your environment. Everybody has this. Humans have been trained to not have the sense anymore. They, they don't they're not trained about it. And then when you start meditating, you start getting into that sense. So there's and nothing also to the giggle factor and the pressure from society. Right. So this ability is not one that has ever been stripped from humanity it has been forgotten. There's a difference. The magic ability, the ability to receive and project the information from the tyroidal field and flow of everything on the planet cool okay this this is what most people call like talking with nature because you can or receive telepathy or no 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 no, no. telepathy no. is a higher form of this okay so this is your basic one this has never been removed the other thing that has never been removed is to receive or project energy past yourself onto something else or to suck it in because those two are base abilities of the the gold and silver spiral from prime source itself to cut those off you would die completely okay repeat that so 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 golden spiral is the ability to give 
energy outward and the silver is the pull it in yes in. yes that's what it feels like yeah and most people have everyone can can have both you have both no no matter what uh but one usually leans towards one or the other mm-hmm. a sucker or a pusher <laughs> yeah pretty much people who are well grounded who yeah. no matter who they're around they seem to calm the people around them just standing there they don't have to do anything people think high anxiety or calm around them or depression that sort of thing those are usually people of the silver spiral People of the golden spiral usually have like healing auras or they make everyone happy or bubbly and they're just standing there. They're not interacting with people or anything like that. Um, Those ones, unfortunately, are really prime food for leeches and energy vampires because they're like, hey, look at me. I'm a little light bulb. So much energy. Yeah. Yeah. Versus more contained. Yeah. The more contained ones, uh, you're usually going to have. let's see how do i put this energy manipulation is going to be very easy for those people because their condensation rate is a lot stronger than those pushing their energy outwards constantly convention rate condensation to condense yeah so when you're energy manipulating and you're trying to condense your energy to uh pass the third dimension to the fourth which not conscious dimension, but physical physics, we're in the fourth dimension. So it's a lot easier for them because they, they already have a huge grounding ability. Oh, fascinating. Very, very interesting. Ah, your, your canopy just sounds wonderful. Okay. So, uh, kind of, uh, only a few, a few last little connections here. You mentioned that um, the humans got jealous in the past Mm -hmm. of the ones that had magic and that the history and that led to the history in Irish mythology to something which you call the Fae Wars. So when did that happen? What were the Fae Wars? And were they part of an experiment by the creator councils? Like, I want to know, we never have gotten a chance to do details because I always put it toward the end of the show when we run out of time. So, and, and you being part Faye and I having a strong connection with that, I want to hear about that. So I don't really know the exact timeline of the Faye Wars because it was a good couple thousand years. Uh, when the, they all got warning when the fifth era man was coming in. Because a lot of them got set down here, you know, uh, every every uh, for everything else. I, honestly, I don't even think it was exactly the fifth era because there wasn't any wipe. I consider eras like when the wipe happened. So I think this was like uh, what um, uh, Mary Beaver was talking about with the the sixth and the seventh, because they got put down here without the full wipe happening to be honest, but the veil was getting put up. Okay, this is the time before Christ was born on this planet for Yahshua. And they got word and warning that the magic here, the prana, the the mana was going to be a lot less than it is now. Now, when you are of a higher frequency and you get put into a lower frequency planet, uh, you starve. 
etherically you starve and trust me it hurts like doesn't matter how much you eat it doesn't matter how much you know um you drink or caffeine that you have you're you're hungry all the time and they were vying for territory because these new batches of men have been put down in their territories and so a lot of the favors ended up happening because these these people who were of the new batches got really jealous that they didn't have abilities because they were created not to have as much abilities as the others and the others are already, already there mm-hmm Okay. You got to remember in this, in, in the time frame before this, you had Fae, you had your mythological creatures. There was still uh, some of the Nephilim and everything. Like the, I'm still kind of murky on the great between the first flood, the second flood, and um, the different this, wipes. Yeah, diff- different general of the areas. So, but they were programmed not to have as much abilities and so they of course they got really jealous because they're like why can't i do that why can't i do that you know and they unfortunately were more primitive and saw the fae and the other creatures as a a complete threat i mean they were completely out muscled and out manpowered and out magicked i mean i can understand but it's like you should have been using it to your advantage you know so a lot of wars happened a lot of territory wars happened you can see this throughout celtic history some of the stuff in denmark and ireland and even norway so a lot of the territory wars ended up happening and you know the more that the the veil because it was on a timer to start like sucking out the the energy or dampening it basically put it's one of the the fields around earth and the moon where it starts to dampen it makes prana really hard and to accumulate here and a lot of the fae ended up leaving a lot of the a lot of dimensional beings not even just the fae ended up leaving this planet a lot of ets uh more of like celestial creatures even like some of the demons and stuff they're like nope we're out of here bye (laughs) we can't exist here it's too painful so do they go to a ne- another on the planet, but another density? There or- are still portals uh, to some places. And yeah, they can either rise or lower in density and stay there. Uh, but unfortunately, like the the veil can still affect some densities. But y- y- it's weird because like when you get around to the portals and the other densities of Earth, like there's a general area around that vortex that just is kind of more over here than over there. So it affects their areas too, but. Um, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. So they ended up, a lot of them ended up leaving and the rest of them were basically hunted off or they had to go into hiding. We all know that story. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that makes me sad about the Fey Wars. I don't know why, but it just uh, saddens me. Okay, so um, oh, the the other thing about the Fey Wars is they were still happening when I was Bridget. Mm. So I, that, that's a general timeline type thing. But Bridget lived for a really long time. Like I lived for a good like 
let's say about a thousand thousand years at least because i did actually see the entry of um christianity come in sadly (laughs) Mm. maybe that's why i'm so picky about it well you were there when uh jesus arrived right yes i actually got to hold him when he was a little baby he tiny thing what's that story let's end with that story okay so when when i was bridget uh yahweh came to me and told me that his son was in trouble and i was like what and they were i don't know the full details of it but basically they were going around killing uh babies in the area that he was in and so i ended up having to waltz my way over there which was a huge trek because i was still in the celtic lands and make my way over there and then i I remember mary giving him to me and just been like get the hell out of here (laughs) so uh wait meaning meaning get jesus the hell out of there yeah that's not what she said she just like take care of him and make sure that he's safe i had to drop him off in a specific location that i'm not allowed to say right and so I ended up like walking with him and he was just wrapped in this blanket, this like tan blanket. And I ended up having, it was like really dark and the city was, you know, kind of getting raided a bit. And I had these lights around my head that they weren't candles. Okay. They, they were actual lights because magic had not fully disappeared yet. Mm-hmm. And so I had them kind of around my head on a low glow. And ended up having to walk in the freaking like yeah the desert wasn't so bad everyone's like oh it's all nothing but sand it's it's not that it's not that bad but I ended up going to the the location and, and dropping him off to uh, certain people so that was when um, the king was hunting all the firstborns to kill right is that what, is that what was going on I didn't get a lot of detail yeah he put a decree out that all firstborns be hunted because. My guess is he heard heard about Yeshua coming in or something. I don't know. He was. I, don't know. I just remember like it was a, a very nice night and it was in the desert because um, I had to use one of the gates in the Celtic lands to get over to where he was because I wasn't going to travel that far. <laughs> and it was a check to get to the gate, but it was, I don't know, magic over there. Like when it started to come down, you could really feel it, but it was still more than it is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I want to wear a candelabra around my head. <laughs> Forget those flashlights. Right. That's a beautiful story. That is a, a beautiful. So you've always popped into key places in history to be the protector. Well, I don't know about protector, but you were protecting Yeshua. Well, yeah, because I knew his dad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you were protecting uh, um, Paul, um, Atlantis. I suppose so. Kind of yeah. failed on that one, but you're 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 a huge protector and champion. Thank you so much, Apollomy, for that amazing story i tell you you're all full of gems and just bring something up and you're like oh yeah i picked up jesus and dropped him off <laughs> big deal yeah it's not that big of a deal he's just a person can't talk about it. he's a person but still you gotta remember still- i don't i don't put people on pedestals so like 
I know. I love that about you. I love you, Ben. So overall, folks, I hope you had as much fun with this as I did. And it seems like we have universal games for consciousness evolution. And some of us like to up the ante for souls with multifold challenges and experiences throughout eternity. So uh, Apollo and me, you had mentioned your incredible academy and what you offer with the silver gold spiral and physics and everything else. So please share your contact and where people can get hold of you. I have to redo the videos for my academy. So we're going to probably take this year off from getting students or at least until further notice. Um, Cause I have a lot of overhauling to do. I am not the best of teacher, but I do do my best. So uh, we're hoping to have everything done by the end of this year. Uh, However, you guys can keep updated on that through um, our YouTube channel at Galaxy of Unity on YouTube. Uh, I will be doing the announcements there. It is not part of Galaxy of Unity. I'm just allowed to mention it and sponsor my academy. It is free. I do not charge because this knowledge is like kindergarten knowledge that should be known. Um, and the ET council would probably bite me if I <laughs> charged. Okay. So I, I know that there's a lot of people who you accept donations though. Uh, all my donations go to galaxy of unity so we can continue to make content for you guys, including our ghost hunting. Exactly. And all you people out there, I know that money's tight, but there's always something you can offer our stations or her stations for the amount of hundreds of hours per show of work that's involved in all this stuff in your academy, okay? Oh my gosh. I know that it has helped people. I've had personal students and apprentices and I've seen the changes, which is why that I've also made the academy and for other reasons. But when the time comes for the announcement saying that we're taking on students, please email me at apollomimandillion at gmail.com. Do not use the Galaxy of Unity email. And also, folks, I just want to uh, say something I did a couple years ago. It was very short, like 12-minute, 12 12-minute 12 shows that I called Cosmic Jeopardy. You can go on cosmicbrilliance.com and look at the videos. And this is called Earth Game Mastery, the manual you never got at birth. And I think I designed it for the family and uh, I condense and synthesize material that I am happy to say is verified by much of what Apollomy shared today, but not to that level of detail, all about answers to bigger pictures. So instead of having your kids and family sit there and just read the same thing in papers or be lost, you might want to play these 12 minute games with each other where I only give you eight seconds to respond intuitively to your first answer of the hit. And it will bring out some of the intuition in your children, your family. It's for all ages. So go to uh, Cosmic Brilliance and look for Earth Game Mastery, the manual you never got at birth. And I cover over 67 spiritual questions with quick answers. And as I said, that's part of what we covered today. And I was curious what you would come up with, but there's a lot of uh, collaboration and intuitive sense. Thank you so much, Apollomy, for all you give and all you are, and this exceptional generosity of time that you have given for these shows, and especially this one, which is jam-packed 
with very, very important information about people's ascension. I'm truly grateful. Thank you, love. No, thank you for having me. I really appreciate you having me on the show and the support from all of your um, subscribers. Guys, thank you. It's Aww. It's been very amazing. I've had a lot of good feedback from, from everybody, which means a lot to me because my journey from the beginning was not easy. So... <laughs> Apollome is truly a hidden gem and she is exceptionally humble, so honored at this time that she came into our lives. We'll see you next show. Take care. Bye bye.